Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's up? Welcome into the Orange Zone Podcast, the award-winning Orange Zone Podcast. A reminder, you can find every episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find every episode on our CMY Central YouTube page if you're watching. What's up from the Skycam? I'm Tommy Sladek. This is Samantha Croston, and we have Brendan Hodges on the producer mic. New episodes release Wednesday. We invite you to like, comment, and subscribe for more Orange Zone content. We're your place for all things orange. And the big story today, and we're just going to jump right into it, that is the LaQuint Allen situation that we're dealing with right now. The rising, the heir to Sean Tucker, the rising running back star that we saw glimpses of last year is facing right now what could possibly be a susp- a two-semester suspension, which would be for the summer and fall semesters. And this is something that we've been uh, very much going after here for almost 24 hours. Syracuse.com was the first to report this. Um, and it's it's a big deal. Because again, it's it's a big name, but it's also a big deal because it's a very unique situation where you actually have a player suing the university. Now, LaQuint is named as a John Doe in this filed lawsuit. Uh, our CMY Central team was able to figure out that it is LaQuint. So we can see that. We also have confirmation from the Onondaga County District's Attorney's Office that LaQuint Allen was charged from a fight stemming from in December. And this is a charge that is being filed under as misdemeanor assault. And what was being what was worked out in court is that six months from now, this was filed this was official about a few weeks ago is this would be wiped from his record if he stays out of trouble for six months. So six months, it's gone. Nothing else after that. If you look him up, there's there's nothing on his record. But in this case, what he's challenging is a two-semester suspension by Syracuse University for a fight that happened on South Campus, I believe. And this suspension, he is saying, is ultimately a expulsion given his situation, given his situation for playing football and his future plans. And this would derail a lot because it's not like he's even on campus, right? And he's practicing with the team and he's not playing. He's not here at all. Mm-hmm. So Sam, let's open it up to you. What have you made of this since the news dropped last night? Well, one thing that I want to point out on our bullet point list here that I felt was important and showed a lot about Allen and the fact that he really does want to fix this and mend this and make it right is the fact that he reportedly asked the university for a resolution to his case Mm -hmm. that didn't involve the suspension. He pushed for SU to put him on a term of disciplinary probation for the rest of his time at Syracuse. He also wanted to volunteer with the Syracuse Police Association League, completing an anti-violence course and fulfilling community service hours. They declined it. So he did everything that he could do, I think, to try and make sure this wasn't the case. But now it is. And I think 
I'm really interested to see what happens in court here. Mm-hmm. And I and I do feel that it is a possibility that this entire two semester suspension gets removed, gets gets erased. And I want to know what the reasoning was. I want to hear more from the university about why they felt that this was the punishment. Because in a way, making it that two-semester or two-term suspension, it feels targeted. You know, like you know that that he is a football athlete, so of course this is going to take away that season. And it also makes me wonder just what kinds of things he's had to think about during this process. Was there a part of him that thought, should I go somewhere else? Because this is only a university suspension. He possibly could have gone somewhere else and played. And I'm sure that the Syracuse football team wanted to do everything in their power to keep him. Right. And that's that's a big part about this is it's something through the university. Right. And I had a chance to sit down Tuesday afternoon with the district attorney, with Bill Fitzpatrick, who went over the case with me. And what he's calling it here is he says, when you look at the actual events from that night, right there, he's like the the prosecution's case for saying that Allen was the one that threw this punch um, is basically shoddy. The, the eyewitness, in part, because there was some uncooperation from the victim, comes from someone looking through the eye hole of a door, which, you know, as, as Fitzpatrick said, he's like, you can identify a family member, but when it's a stranger, it's a little bit tough to, to, to do in the dead of night. And so his issue now is almost um, what he calls a, a two-tier system of justice, right, where you have people that are literally law enforcement and then you have a university board basically deciding on a, a harsher punishment for something that the law itself is saying there's not, there's not enough here, right? And for something for them to, which is very standard for someone that does not have a history, for someone that has the, the, the accolades and the bullet points like a LaQuinn Allen where person's really not in trouble much here's what we're going to do six months from now, you stay out of trouble. It's gone. It's gone. Right. And he goes, you're talking about a a student that has a 3.0 GPA and higher part of that all ACC academic team. Someone that, that volunteers I read in the lawsuit um, at the Samaritan center, which I know a lot of SU football players do. So end of the day, this is, this is very unique. Because this is an important person. This is someone that's listed in the lawsuit as as a John Doe, right? Because of his because of the the notoriety of the thing, and it's a lot. It's a lot to process because this is ultimately someone's someone's career right now that is almost hanging in the balance. And so, um, forgot to mention this right in the beginning, but uh, just yesterday, the um, Bill Bill, or excuse me, Bob Antonacci. Supreme Court judge put a stay, a temporary halt on this suspension until a court date on July 19th. So there is a little bit of a gap here. So there is very much a possibility that this gets overturned or amended or adjusted, like you said, to where it's something more that LaQuint uh, requested, which would be being very active, being on kind of watch for the rest of his career rather than just two semesters that would you know, very much derail his next season. One thing that I wanted to say, and maybe then we could react to it, is as you mentioned, you sat down with 
D.A. Fitzpatrick. Maybe maybe we should play that for people to hear. Yeah, let's so do it. Can... Let's give them a big chunk. I'm going to give you um, really as, as, as much as we grab that we think is important for people to understand. Here you go. What stood out to you as... The initial identification was, which was not LeQuint, and then the subsequent identification was, yes, I saw the person through uh, the keyhole of a door. And if you've ever, you know, been in a hotel room when you look out and you don't tell me, you know, you might recognize a family member, but a complete stranger uh, in the dead of night, uh, even though it's inside, it, it's just a, a very difficult uh, situation to make an identification. And then, I, you know, you add the other things. I said, as I said, it's unusual. You know, we like to get medical records right away. Mm -hmm. We couldn't in this case uh, for some reason. Uh, you know, the, the individual uh, didn't want to sign a waiver for his medical records. Uh, as I said, there's no question he was assaulted. He, you know, he lost a tooth, but there's just no way we could prove that it was LeQuint. And, you know, which brings us to your interest you know, why is he suspended? You know, mm -hmm. this two-tiered system of justice has got to stop. Uh, you know, the, the professionals in my office assessed the case, looked at the case, and determined that not only uh, is there a reasonable doubt as to his guilt, there's a serious question as to whether or not he was ever involved in this at all. Uh, so how, how you could, you know, parlay that into a suspension uh, based on what I don't I don't know if if they have some proof that I don't have and I wish they would share it with me so you kind of heard some of the logistics some of the reasoning there and thanks so much for grabbing that because I do think it is a really interesting and a very important perspective for us to be hearing how this is viewed in the eyes of the law and that's the first thing that strikes me is again just how nuanced and frankly odd this situation is how could it be that in the law's eyes, in six months, according to what D.A. Fitzpatrick is saying, this would be essentially nothing? You, you could try and look this up and you wouldn't find anything. But then the university is able to say this is going to be a suspension. And not only that, everyone is also going to know about it. So there's a factor of this is going to impact your reputation moving forward as well. Right, right. And in the lawsuit, he... he who we learned is Alan is referring to himself as I in explaining a situation where a friend of his got punched. He then follows him back to where the person that he says punched him. He says in this lawsuit that two punches were thrown at him before he struck. Um, you know, so very much there's a, there's a question here of, of self-defense and where that stands in the line of the code of conduct that, that SU is dealing with. And at the end of the day, you know, when you're a university, you do have, especially a private university, I think you have some sense of making your judgment call of what you want your student code of conduct to be. I think the question comes down to, does this, does the the punishment fit the crime here? And that's the big one. And in the, in the eyes of the law, and I think a few other people with a voice in our community, this is too harsh for, for what happened and for who this person is and their reputation that stands before them. Right. The answer to several people would be no, this, this would not fit the crime. And again, it is, I'm sure, hard for everybody involved. Nobody was necessarily, no one was there. No one could see exactly what happened in this situation. But you would think that 
not that the university normally would even have to follow the law because usually they're just two separate entities, but it is interesting to hear that they are on such different pages. And you wonder if when the university hears the kinds of things that DA Fitzpatrick is saying about how this would be handled in that in that system, would they feel that maybe that was too harsh? Or what was the reasoning or the logistics of making this decision? Are there certain bullet points that they follow? Are there certain things that they deem this is this is not okay according to our code of conduct? What was it? Because I'm trying to think, and again, complicated situation, but there is an element of self-defense here. You know, it's it's not to I think it would be one of those kind of open and, and shot cases if it was a, well, well, LeQuint started this issue, but it, 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 that's not the case. The case is that there wasn't an element of self-defense here. I think there was an element of perhaps trying to protect a friend. And I guess I'm just curious what kind of weight that that carries in a situation where emotions are high and you're trying to protect not only yourself but others. It's a tough situation. And from what I uh, read in the lawsuit, just for like a little bit more context there, is that he'd been, in apart he'd been in an apartment. His friend came in, you know, I guess saying he got punched. He then follows him out with him to... I guess go possibly confront the individual. Um, I don't know that for sure, but he left. He he met up with his friend. Left. He then meets with what is our soon-to-be victim after a punch was thrown. So that's an interesting part of what I was reading in his in the petitioner appeal, which is Laquint, is that you know I guess they had an issue with him going back and confronting the situation. And they were wanting a smarter decision there, which I understand. I understand. And he that writes too. in there that he's like, I, I shouldn't have gone and done it. I shouldn't have I should have reacted differently in that sense instead of going in and confronting what was the issue. So again, a lot of moving parts here. A lot going on. And we'll be obviously doing an update here in July. Because this is something that I know and I think could be overturned here. And sometimes you know, every case is different, but some of these things you you really just kind of write it off and it's and it's done. This one feels different. It feels like there could actually really be a case here for LaQuint. So we'll find out. We'll see. But as that was going on, we also had a, a lot of SU recruiting news happen in the last week. And ultimately it's the it's while they're dealing with a a thumbs down in the press. There's also a thumbs up in the press, and that is because of this recruiting class for 2024. So not this coming season, but the next season. Right now on 24-7 Sports, Sam, they are number 37 in the country in, in for the 2024 recruiting class. To put it in perspective, 2023 was in the 90s. I mean, wow. It's a big difference right there. Very big difference. The one thing that I was thinking about, though, as all of this continues to happen, is just the difference in what a verbal commitment actually means oh, big now time. compared to what that meant even like five years ago, you know? And I'm not not to not to take away from the excitement or the thumbs upness of the situation, but it is really interesting just to think about how much of this actually sticks, how much of this doesn't. There's so much more movement now than there ever used to be. Big time. And we just saw a perfect example of that where we saw a four-star quarterback, Jakari Williams, out of Georgia. He commits to SU on Sunday, and on Monday, a kid who just committed literally eight days earlier, uh, Brendan Zerbrug, I believe I have that name right, Brendan, um, he ends up decommitting and going to Northwestern. So yep. the verbal stage 
in a way, it doesn't mean anything. So just keep that in <laughs> mind. A lot of these guys will stick with it. But don't be surprised if we see some moving around. But again, this is a two-way street, right? More it guys really are going, is. the more guys that are verbally committed to other schools are going to decommit, and some of them might end up with Syracuse. It easily could happen. So we're going to find out. But ultimately, I think that's a it's a huge improvement from where this past season was in terms of recruiting. And I think there's reason to be excited. Excited, for sure. Last but not least, Otto's in the Hall of Fame. Where is How he? About that? Where is he? You got a couple autos behind you and auto here. Let's go with this auto. Can we get him on camera, Hodges? I got him on camera. Right All now. right. I uh, I would like to officially officially give Otto his flowers here. We got to <laughs> give a shout out to the true Syracuse Aww. Orange legend. He leads the NCAA in 360 body turns. You know what I'm talking about. T-shirt cannon completions and vitamin C donations. Yes, SU Zone Auto the Orange will be inducted into the Mascot Hall of Fame and Interactive Museum in Indiana, just a half an hour from downtown Chicago. Wait, the body turns. That's the best the part about The body turns auto. is a big part of this guy. Yep. He's yep. huge. Brandon, anything you'd like to say about um about, about a hero of yours? You know, I, hero is understating it. I actually, uh, when <laughs> Sam and I were at Syracuse, we... Uh, our capstone, one of our last shows was on National Mascot Day, and Otto the Orange stopped in and took pictures with every one what a of gem. our news crew. What Love a gem. the guy. The body turns are huge. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, whenever you see Otto, they'll put their arms like in to the orange, and they'll just spin everything around. Big push-up guy. Yeah. Um, very physically fit. And one of the most unique, if not the most unique mascots in all of college sports i would argue you also have the uc barber banana slugs but hey, they're 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 different you know i sort of banana wish slugs. that we could do a mini series on several of the people who have stepped into the costume and the mascot of otto that would be in amazing st in stories right? in stories like, they have as people? otto yes that'd be very cool I think that would be an electric mini series. So we'll keep that in mind for over the summer. Maybe a maybe yeah. a past auto would be any any past autos out there. We can black out your face even. Yeah. We can put the blur over. We can change your voice to I don't for know protection. How private has to be. Yeah. But I want to meet you, please. So this is your award. Congratulations. Imagine this if it was like, like a, a lifelong NDA. Keep, keep, <laughs> keep in mind, this information is like held secret for years. When this, I went to a D three school. And we didn't know who the mascot was either. It's crazy. Until we saw the person like walk into a closet in the stadium and the, the mascot walked out. We were like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. I should have I should have done being the mascot. I it would have been a lot of work, but like, you ta like, you're, talking like huge, you're talking huge scholarship money. I feel yeah. like you're too tall. Yeah, Otto, I don't, th Otto I don't think I could do. But you went to Temple. I did go to Temple. Yeah, no, Hooter I think I could do. Hooter was a big boy. He was a big owl. But the big one was the St. Joe's Hawk. Mm. As Brendan, I, I feel like you probably know this. They get a full ride. This is a private university. Full ride if you're the Atlanta Hawk, or Atlanta Hawk, if you're the St. Joe's Hawk, because they're never allowed to stop flapping their wings. I did see this. So yes. when you're at like any type of event, it's up, down, up, down. It's crazy. I don't know if a full ride would be enough for me to make that commitment. You need some extra. You need I, an NIL I need deal. Some extra bills. You need some NIL deals my, on yes. top of that. My girlfriend's, um, a relative of my girlfriend was the Quaker at Penn. Oh, one of the first, and he 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 told me all of these ridiculous stories about like uh, 
like how he met his wife. Like then my my girlfriend's um relative married this guy and told me all these stories about him as the mascot there, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, what is this? Seems like a hard life, but also a, a not. It's no. It's not dull. Right. Not dull at all. I, I believe not. I believe not. Before we get to producer Brendan's trivia and we wrap things up, I did uh, mean to mention Sire Torrance, prime example of the verbal commit. So he pulled back. He is he's like our high school superstar right now in, in central New York for Christian Brothers Academy. He is so fun to cover. So disappointing that we won't be covering him here at SU, but you, you, end of the day, Everyone's got to do what's best for them. And to him, he's going to Michigan State. Happy for And him. we wish Sire all the best, man, I think. I would love to see him go and make a real difference there with the Spartans. Is Marquette in Michigan? Marquette is in Wisconsin. Because well, hey, were you thinking of Symir, his I, older I, brother? I, wouldn't it be interesting? Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, if that's in Michigan, too, and he ends up coming back, wouldn't that be full circle? It really would. It really would. All right. Trivia time. Let's do it. Uh, well, as you guys can see on the notes, this episode's trivia unofficially sponsored by the Mascot Hall of Fame. Thank you. Um, yes. Uh, excluding the Goat of Goats, the greatest mascot in all the lands of college sports, at least. Excluding Otto. Okay. There are eight NCAA Division One mascots in the Hall of Fame. Which conference has the most out of those eight? Ooh. Wow. Hmm. I might need that pen there. Um... There's eight of them, right? There are eight Division One mascots in the Hall of Fame, not a, not including Otto. Otto will be okay. the ninth. Can I use that real quick? Absolutely. All right, let's start making our list. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say I feel like the Nittany Lions in there. Maybe. I actually i am not entirely confident about that, but just to write it down. So that's Penn State. So that would be, that would be one for Big Ten. Um, I feel like mm. the Oregon Duck – I could totally I mean, these see are, that. Yeah, I that feels like a classic, right? It just feels like I don't know if it's so. That would be Pac-12. What about the Duke Blue Devil? He could be in there. Not enough. No, I think I think he could. I think he could. I think I think I think I think Bucky's probably in there. I Ohio should, State. I should mention to you guys as well. This isn't just like mascots in full costume. This includes like mascots that are people wearing not like the Notre Dame Irishman. Or the Florida Seminole, or um, there's another one that. So it can't be like a person then. No, no it can be. Oh. They they have a category for that. So is so is Wait, Notre Dame in there? I, I'm just throwing examples out there. I'm not telling you who's in or who's out. Wait, I think I need that explained so again. Like, what are you it's saying? It's not a full on costume like the Oregon Duck, but it is a like say Sam, you're wearing like. Um, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, you have like a green outfit, but it's in a physical person wearing it. So it's not a big bulky costume. It's just a person person in an outfit. Yeah. So like if you were the All mascot right. for um, Colgate, you would dress as a Raider, but without like the caricature mask. It would be your face, people see. Okay. Okay. I do like the Blue Devil. I think – I think – Seminole. I think I think Notre Dame is probably in. Yeah, there. I think so too. So let's write that down. It's weird because honestly, the the first thing for some reason that came to my head, just knowing Brendan, I was like, is it just the ACC and just let it rip? But mm. I don't know. I feel like they're. I don't know. So we got two there, two there. What about could be the, the Georgia could, Bulldog? Georgia Bulldog. Ooh, I like that a lot. Love that. Um, I feel like. What does Alabama great, even have? Crimson it's like an tie, elephant. Yeah. yeah, he's lame. 
Um, <laughs> I don't think that that's nothing compared to the bulldog. They normally have the actual. They normally have like a little we bulldog. We have somebody yeah. who went to Alabama that works with us. Yeah, I know, and she know I'd say that just because they they have so much happiness from their athletics. We just got to bring them down. George is already bringing them down enough in what matters. Okay. Um, all right. So again, we're talking about the eight that are in the Hall of Fame. What conference has the most? Let's just let's try to let's try to get eight on there just to give us a feel and then we'll guess. Okay. Who else can I'll we have? I'll just the- rip out other ones. I don't I don't all the ones I'm thinking of I feel like they aren't good enough. But what about like LSU? Like their tiger? Yeah, maybe. It could be in there. It could um, be in there. What about the Tar Heel? I mean that's it's it's, eh. I don't know. I don't know if that's big enough to me. To me, it feels like it's going to be an older school. What right? about like... Older schools that have been... No, nah, this isn't big enough that, either. What about like TCU? Oh, like the or, Horned Frog? I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm drawn to the animal. <laughs> that's interesting. I don't know. That's um, interesting. Iowa, the Hawkeye. That's, eh. See, that one's okay, actually. You think so? Yeah, maybe. But what about the Hoosier? Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Okay. Absolutely, yes. So that's another one for Big Ten. Let's go Big Ten. Okay. Let's go Big Ten. I think I think it's probably a split between them and the ACC. Big Ten, final answer. So wait, who- wait. I'm going to go ACC. Okay. I'm going to go against you just, just so I can just do it. Got it, got it. it. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys every conference that has a mascot in there, starting with the, the lower number. Tied for third with one mascot apiece. Conference USA. Okay. The Western Kentucky Hilltopper. Nice. Interesting. The Colonial Athletic Association. The Delaware Blue Hen. Wow. It's, like called, it's called You Do or something I like that. I was not expecting huh. that. Okay. Second place, the SEC, with two. Georgia? Get, no. The Auburn Tiger. They're all they're like half the SEC's tigers. I, know, I don't like that. Up. I don't like that. The second one is the Tennessee Volunteer. Oh, it's pretty good. Should have gotten, gotten that one. Should have gotten that one. It's pretty good. I'm writing it down. I don't know Which why, leaves I us with number one, and I'm going to stretch this so out it's a to tie? make you both feel bad. Sam, the number is four. I will allow you to pick four ACC mascots you think are in the Hall of Fame. Tommy, the same to you with the Big Ten. Wow. Okay. All right. I, I'm curious as to who you guys say here. All right. So for Notre here, I'll help for, you. So we, this is what we wrote down. I think for ACC, I would go Duke. I would go Blue Devil, Fighting Irish. Fighting Irish. Wait, does Otto count? Yeah, right? Otto. Yeah, Otto's Otto. third. I didn't know if we were including Otto. Yeah. Tar Heel, Boston College uh, Eagles. You no. have the Demon Virginia Deacon Tech. in there, too. No. Demon Deacon. Uh, no. Tar Heel. Tar Heel. You also have the Virginia Tech Hokies. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. The Cavaliers. The Cavaliers, the Cavaliers but that's Cavaliers. like nothing. Yeah. The um, Yellow Jacket at Georgia no. Tech. No. No, 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 no. I think. Ta- pick yeah. your top four. I, I think the three that we already mentioned. Uh, so Duke, Duke Notre, Blue Devils, yep. Notre Fighting Dame, Irish, Otto. Otto, and Tar Heels. Tar Heel. Okay. All right. And I will be the Nittany Lion. I will be the Buckeyes. I will be the Indiana Hoosiers. I mean, those are great. And it's gonna be that. <laughs> and Boilermaker, no. 
Um, the Hoosiers. You That's better hope be Purdue doesn't hear this podcast by the time the game rolls around. Are you going to pick the Golden Gopher? Are you going to just like mess with that again? Golden, I'm not. Oh, oh, the Golden uh, Gopher, Wisconsin was, Badgers. The Golden Gopher final answer. A, I those was, four. The Golden Gopher was a nominee this year. Respect uh, to the Gopher. Yeah, respect to the Gophers. Penn Straight Bowl Part Two. The winner of the first and possibly last edition of Mascot Trivia on the Orange Zone podcast is. Tommy Sladek. Oh, the, the Big Ten. <laughs> those four. Did I get those four right? You got three of wow. the four right. Wow. The Penn State Nittany Lion, the Bucky Badger from Wisconsin, yep. Brutus the Buckeye, and the Nebraska Cornhusker. Mm. And as for Sam, you can take solace in this. Otto the Orange is the inaugural ACC mascot to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. See, that really surprises me a little that bit. That is a little bit shocking. You know what to me? Nothing else. This, this I'm noticing, is very much – there needs to be a, a very rich football history yeah. here that's been for a while. And so I feel like it's only a matter of time for the ACC. I disagree because the other mascot that went in this year was a minor league baseball mascot. Okay, then I need to meet the board. I need to meet, <laughs> meet the, the voting board. board here and have a discussion with Wait, them. Wait, who – Hoosiers was a no? That was a no. It was okay. not the Indiana Hoosiers. Wait, so then what, what was the fourth one then? I told you. It was Nebraska Cornhusker. Yeah, there was, then we're, I'm only at two now. No, you had the three. You had Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State. Right. Oh, Wisconsin wasn't. Okay, yeah, excellent. Bucky Badger. Great. That feels good. Feels good. Just feels nice hey, to win one. yo. That's the Orange Zone Podcast. Tommy Sladek, Samantha Crossan, Brendan Hodges. We will be back in some form. Uh Next week, and at the very least, with keeping an eye on this LaQuinn Allen update. So that'll be something we're following very closely this July. So stay with us, and that'll be a, a transition into a big fall and a big August for training camp. So stay with us. Enjoy your summer. Peace out. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.